and welcome to the Cambridge Connection, your roadmap to debt solutions and renewed financial wellness with your host, Gordon Oliver. The Cambridge Connection is brought to you in partnership with Cambridge Credit Counseling, offering you simple, safe financial solutions since 1996. Welcome, everyone, to the Cambridge Connection right here on WHMP 101.5 FM, 1400 AM. The weeks go by very quickly here with my co-pilot, Tina Marie. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I, I'm cold. I'm uh, very I'm very cold. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, and as you're aware, I went to the Giants game last week. You're still cold from that? <laughs> still recuperating. Yeah, um, the Eagles really handed it to us, um, and I sat in the rain and hail and sleet and freezing snow. I am a true fan, um, but I will never go to another game in December at MetLife again. <laughs> well, I just was going to say, you might be their number one fan, so we'll send this podcast <laughs> to the Giants media office and see maybe if you can Please decelerate do. it, and then you just went ahead and killed uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay, we've got our problems, but we're we're building. Yes. We still in the, in the wild card. We'll we'll see how that works yeah. out cuz now we're playing yeah. Washington right, yeah, this tomorrow. week. Yep, yep. yep. My son's favorite team, mm, Washington. Here we go again. Yep. And let me say the Commanders. Yes. Um so, so we'll see how that goes. But look, um <sighs> we're getting very close to the holidays. Mm-hmm. Next Saturday is Christmas Eve. Yeah, are you prepared? Oh god, no. No, no, that's right. You know, that's come the, on. the Christmas shopping day. <laughs> no, no. As as I as the days go on, I'm like, nope, gift card. Oh, nope, gift card. Really? That's all right. You know what? Who better than the person I give it to to you, decide what the heck they want? You want to know something though about gift cards that bothers me, honestly, is you get a gift card and say you get a $50 gift card and then you you purchase something for $48. Mm. That $2 is just it's a waste of money, you know? It's, it's almost like buying a card to put the gift card in. Excuse Why me. waste the $5? Excuse just me, Miss Credit Counselor. <laughs> That's two dollars that could very well go towards a coffee if you're eating out. Come yes, on. but people put the gift card in the car. They don't oh, see it. They like tuck it in a you drawer. Do. Where's your data coming from? I, uh, your pocketbook. My house. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, so we all know for our listeners that is a personal opinion, not necessarily scientific. <laughs> okay. So look, um, lots going on in the world right now. You know, we talk about recession, all of that stuff. But more importantly, a lot of volatility in the crypto world. Right. And, and the beginning of the economy going bad, mm-hmm. it already started. And then we have some scandals going on, Shocking. some things yeah. happening. And this is this is why you know our guest today uh, is a crypto expert. We've had him on before. Yes. We've got to talk about these we things do. because I, I, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. I don't care what headlines say, it's here to stay. Yeah, I believe, the crypto yeah. movement is a... It is a faction of people that believe in it, that don't trust governments and the way that they handle money. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like gets into the whole, you know, Republican versus Democrat. Republicans, right. oh, capitalism solves everything. Democrats, oh, bigger government solves problems. Either way, there's scandals, there's wasted money. It's our money that we're either investing or our tax dollars are being spent on things that we have no control over. So these are the, these are the problems that we run into when we're trying to develop the wisdom of our listenership mm-hmm. and our friends and our family to deal with these things. It seems like 
one big bombshell la- comes down and then there's another one. Right. And it, what's 12 months from now? Is there another one? And it's all about educating people, too, and keeping up with, with the current uh, events that's going on, too. It's uh, yes. just so important. We cannot have people just throw their hands in the air and just say, oh, well, never mind. whatever. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people that have probably lost a lot of money oh, in the I'm recent sure. scandal yeah. with FTX, and we're going to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this is... Whether you're investing, look, the Madoff scandal, right? Yes, I was just There was so many people, high-profile people that were involved. Mm-hmm. On the FTX thing, Tom Brady Stephen and Giselle. Curry, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you see yeah. you see some people that were invested in it and yeah. trusted Believe, someone to move forward. Exactly. So these exactly. are important discussions. Mm-hmm. This, is the, this is why this show is amazing, mm-hmm. because I feel like we get into these things to raise the awareness. We don't necessarily have the answers, and we can only get so far with a guest. Right. And- the 28 minutes we I have mean, to I mean, we might show. not be as influential as Tom Brady. No, not yet. <laughs> and and not with the Giants anymore well, since you went ahead and blew it. Uh, so, so, so what we're going to do is we'll take a quick break. We're going to get on with our guests and we're going to talk about cryptocurrency, State of the Union, talk about the scandal, because people need to understand how these things happen and how you may potentially be able to protect yourself. This is Gordon Oliver with The Cambridge Connection. We'll be right back. If you've lost income during the pandemic and have fallen behind on your rent or mortgage payments, Cambridge Credit Counseling can help. Talk to one of our HUD certified counselors at 1-800-CAMBRIDGE. Welcome back, everyone, to The Cambridge Connection, here with my drenched giant fan co-pilot, <laughs> Tina Marie. I've thought out. I've thought okay, out Okay, you've thought bit. out, but you still said you were cold. <laughs> yeah. And our special guest, Ben Noble from Multiplied IO. Ben, welcome back to the Cambridge Connection. Hello, hello. And uh, actually, we've changed the name of our company. So I am now Hal Labs. So it's Hal.xyz. But if you go to Multiplied.io, it reroutes. So we're all good there. Okay, well, with that said, this is great breaking news we've got. (laughs) Uh, So, Ben, why don't you tell our listeners about your history and... Your company and the name change and all of that. Let's let's uh, understand a little bit about what you're up to. Sure. So uh, I've been active in the crypto world since 2017. Uh, started my own public relations agency with my friend Ivan Perez, uh, who's my co-founder of How Labs, and we've worked with the media to break a number of big stories. Um, we've helped brands get their identity and their footing in this world, and we've helped demystify the technology a bit. So. Um, it's really been a great ride. We're really spending a lot of time in what we call Web3 now, helping projects figure out uh, digital collectibles and how they want to get involved in crypto. And we still work on the finance side as well. So we're a well-rounded bunch, and um, we enjoy what we do. Hey, okay, Ben, if I could ask, why the name change? What prompted that? Sure. So we were we were almost exclusively a public relations agency when we were operating as multiplied, and we wanted to change into something that was a little bit more full form because we've been helping projects not just with their media presence but with their marketing, with uh, industry connections. We've had the pleasure of working with people like Quentin Tarantino, Steve Aoki, Doja Cat. Um, we've worked in the fashion industry. We've worked in the sports industry, and so as we continued, we we figured. The branding needed a, a little revitalization to reflect the fact that we were more than just PR and marketing. Now we were going to be a lab, a, a force of creativity and experimentation in the space. Well, congratulations on that. Obviously, it just sounds like since 2017, you continue to morph and grow and expand 
in an industry that just really is seemingly to the, the average person, the wild, wild west. Um, yes, indeed. And I say that because you mentioned Quentin Tarantino. Meanwhile, we have this FTX scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, some are calling the uh, CEO scam bankrupt fraud that I saw on Twitter, but it's the actually- Bernie Madoff of the world. The Bernie Madoff. <laughs> so it's actually Sam Bankman freed, right? Um, right. And it, uh, so this is where people get into trouble. Number one, when I look at a lot of conversations in crypto, the, the average person is just not going to get it, right? And, and in, in relation right. to that, like financial advisors that are slowly but surely getting involved and, and from advisors that I've talked to, very leery because that's a whole nother book to be able to offer people to invest in. And because it's seemingly unregulated, very um, hard to understand the actual mechanics of it from a a cryptocurrency to an NFT to all the things that are involved in the industry. It sounds like the work that you're doing is really trying to break through that to try to help bring credibility to an industry that recently just took a bombshell in credibility and just adding to lack of trust. Can you speak to that a bit? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know what I love about crypto is we have a bit of a mantra and it's, um, verify, don't trust. And the problem that we experience with the FTX collapse is actually a legacy problem. And it's a problem of centralized trust, which is largely what the crypto and blockchain ecosystem is pushing against. And before the FTX crash, there was a number of people that were incredibly vocal about how dangerous some of these centralized exchanges could be and what the ethical practices were behind the scenes when you don't have that transparency. So if anything, this is a shakeout. It happens. Um, crypto is not without controversy. All new technology is not without controversy. And those controversies, as they come to surface, is evidence of killing viruses and healing. Um, so I think this makes us stronger in the long run. But in the short term, yeah, people are hurting. People are angry, justifiably so. And it's going to change a lot of the philosophies, and it's going to change how we're approached by regulators, and um, I th- hopefully it opens the conversation for bigger players to start getting involved where I felt like Sam was getting a lot of love in Washington um, where other people had stronger voices. So let's, let's hope that they get elevated. With all due respect, when you have anonymous opportunity to donate money to politicians and you can't identify how much that looks like, we all know why he was a darling, right? We all know why mm-hmm. he was able to get in there. And this is the problem with our politics. Not going to get into that today because that's just a whole nother to, rabbit yeah. hole. Right. It's like 50 million rabbit holes that we can go down. But anyway, um, so question number one for you. And I think I'll give you my answer. Is crypto dead? No, not even close. Here's here's what my my just in tracking it and having you on again glad to have you back from a year ago so much has changed since you were on and this is an ecosystem that's not this small little thing that people can make go away this is a change in the world in the way that business is done and money is exchanged and it's not this small little um, engine it is a huge engine it's just to the regular people. They haven't really accepted it yet, but the people that believe in a different way of doing things than what currency is in the world today, it's a machine, and its I don't think it's going anywhere either. Right. So the best evidence of that is 
as early as December 5th of this, you know, this December 5th, um, BlackRock, a very small company, right, uh, <laughs> $10 trillion asset management firm, did an about-face and said that crypto is ready for mainstream investment. So that's on top of all the chaos that's happening. These firms are still saying, no, it, it, it's time. Prime time is, is coming. It's here. We can't escape this. It's an inevitable technology shift, and we have to prepare for it. And we saw the same thing with J.P. Morgan and a bunch of the legacy in institutions that were initially against these things. And we're going to continue to see those guys um, kind of turn their heels and point the other direction as they figure out how this works within their paradigm and, and their world of, of managing money um, in ways that, that advantage themselves and, and their clientele. Okay, this is so FTX was an exchange that I even Kevin Leary was seemingly promoting at one point, which I wonder how he's dealing with that as far as the. Um, well, he got $15 million to promote it. Oh, so. well, th- there again, oh, money. I'm sure he's okay. What do they say? Always follow the money, right? <laughs> follow the money. So, so that's right. We, we're going to probably come up against a hard break, but real quick, when you see this happen, are crypto exchanges safe? And how do you know that? We should be very, very skeptical of, I would say, most of the crypto exchanges out there. I think from an on-ramping perception of, I want to get Bitcoin for the first time, I think there are plenty of exchanges that are fine for facilitating that. Um, Coinbase is probably the most prominent that everybody knows. They did the Super Bowl ad that was the bouncing QR, not the uh, Larry David. Absolutely. I remember um, that. Yep. Tom Brady. You, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. So, uh, you can go on there, you can buy your, your Bitcoin, your Ethereum, and then you can transfer it off the exchange. And that's probably the best way to get involved in crypto rather than keeping it on there and trusting that whatever you bought um, is actually being custodialized by them. And so I think that's going to be a shifting mindset is how quickly can I actually claim ownership of my crypto keys and move my Bitcoin into a self-custodialized wallet. Um, the trading function is where it gets tricky because there's plenty of decentralized exchanges that are direct. It's peer-to-peer. It's cutting out the middleman. That's what blockchain does. And it's saying, if I want to trade in an ecosystem, why go through a broker when this technology is set up specifically to cut the brokers out, minimize the fees, and get direct access? The problem is the trade-off. People want things that are convenient and easy. And centralized exchanges are very good at that. But they're hard to scrutinize because how much of a cryptocurrency that they have on the ledger is not always as transparent as we would like it. And this is what we're running into with FTX, where they're saying we have enough money to you know, facilitate the withdrawals. That's not true. Money is being misallocated and used elsewhere um, and obfuscated. We don't want that anymore. We want complete transparency and visibility. So that's where we're headed. Here's where here's where I think the battle comes in, Copilot. When you see names like Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen and mm. Steph Curry that have entrusted very influential, through, you'd have to believe they have some pretty powerful yes. people around them yeah. to put some pretty put big money into there. something, mm-hmm. and they're staking to lose you know just a tremendous amount of money. Um, that has to make people very squeamish sure. about getting into it. We'll take a quick break. This is Gordon Oliver with The Cambridge Connection. We'll be right back. Are you having trouble paying down credit card debt? Cambridge has been helping people safely pay down their debts for more than 25 years without settlements or bankruptcy. Call us at 1-800-CAMBRIDGE. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Cambridge Connection. Here with my co-pilot Tina Marie and our special guest Ben Noble. Uh, ben, again, can't thank you enough. This is just such important information. I know we cannot cover all of the things that we need to in this show, and I, I hope that you can come join us again as as things develop and as the industry grows. We need people that can give trustful information. And again, I can't thank you enough for coming on and helping us with this today. Yeah, more than happy to. Not a problem at all. Uh, ben, um, what what is uh, exactly like a, a decentralized exchange versus a centralized? Right. So uh, the decentralized exchange is where you're interacting and exchanging uh, with other buyers and sellers mm-hmm. without having that intermediary, where the technology is the intermediary. Okay. And so that's be- becoming the default while people are trying to es- escape the centralized exchange where I said there could be problems about people obfuscating their order books, whatever. So um, we now know that like there are 43 Americans that hold cryptocurrencies, according to JP uh, Morgan's research. Um that's a lot of individuals that are getting caught off guard by this news about um, the potential dangers of centralized exchanges. So if people want to learn more, I would highly recommend Uniswap.org. That was one of the first and one of the most recognized brands. They have a lot of information on decentralized exchanges there. And you can work into other exchanges if, if that doesn't fit for you. But I think that's a great starting point. Okay, so we've talked about ledgers a little tiny bit, but can you break down for our listeners what is a ledger and how a person can protect their assets? Right. So as we get into digital ownership, having your digital vault, your USB drive, whatever, is becoming more important. So Ledger, uh, and and specifically I'm talking about the Ledger, ledger ledger.com, is becoming almost like an iPhone. Their latest adaptation of what a ledger is looks very reminiscent of the early iPhone in terms of having all these applications, customization, and their ability to store everything from digital collectibles to the cryptocurrencies that you transact with. But the big thing is that you're moving your ownership off of an exchange and into these wallets that are cryptographically secure. And so security is becoming more and more paramount with uh, the digital world. We, we see that even in the Web2 world, as we call it, with people getting hacked and things like that. So it's best to move into those devices. And like I said, uh, don't trust Verify. Um, getting on to a cold storage wallet like Ledger can be very helpful for people that want to try to stay safe. This is exactly where I get confused because we're saying that Coinbase is a reputable exchange, but yet you still need to fear that you have your assets on an exchange and it just is a much safer play to move it to your own wallet? Call me paranoid, uh, but even even the most reputable companies in the world can have bad actors that work in nefarious ways behind the scenes, and it's, it could be one person in that organization that does something wrong, and I, I don't want to take that risk. Some people are okay saying, okay, this is audited, there's um, agencies that are coming in, Coinbase is very, very transparent, and I wouldn't say they're doing anything behind the scenes, there's no indication of that, however... Better safe than sorry, right? So this is where I head. Um, There are other things that are, if you can't get like a cold storage wallet, getting a browser-based wallet is is the second best thing, metamask.io. That can tell you a lot about that side of things. But yes, I I think it's it's best to try to 
protect yourself and not rely on other people to do that for you. I'm glad you're bringing it up because the way I look at it, it is the people that have developed all of this, if I'm not mistaken, in the early going were the hackers. They were the ones getting data and then saying, you have to pay us for your data with this kind of money, right? Like, so it just makes Which me- Which is why. Yeah. Go ahead. No, it's, it's, why, it's why the ecosystem, the earliest guys here have been championing this from the beginning. They don't trust any exchanges and they're not your keys, not your crypto is the biggest chance of the OGs and has been around since 2008. And now that people are getting hurt in droves, they're starting to listen again to the cypherpunks. And so if you want to see where we're headed, look backwards and see what the cypherpunks were talking about. And that is creating systems that are mathematically trusted, not trusted on blind faith on individuals and organizations. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, well, all right, how common now are cryptocurrencies? So we, we were saying 43 million for Americans. It's much, much larger for the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And we saw that percentage shift over the past two, three years where the majority of people are at least familiar at this point. Um, I think it's going to become more popular with younger audiences. And we're starting to see the abstraction of the language, cryptocurrency, NFT things start to die down. So Starbucks, for instance, is doing the rewards program uh, on the blockchain. Um, they don't necessarily reference the NFT component, but it's there. And so this is becoming more uh, used in ticketing systems and all that. Again, just digital ownership, verifying, being able to do all these things without intermediaries. There's intermediaries in almost every industry. And so it, it really goes beyond finance. So- and so I see this as very transformative. This is, you know, bottom to top, going to change the world. So you're saying no more saving your money under the mattress? <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> you know, um, we, we have to move know, it. Right? We're burying gold in the backyard, right? Right, so. right, right. <laughs> uh, you look, I, again, I, for our listeners, I mean, I just realized in our hometown where the uh, corporate headquarters is for Cambridge Credit Counseling, there's a store that has a Bitcoin ATM. So, right. so again, even just seeing that, you have you have to wonder. Like people like look at it and they're wondering what it is. They, you know, it's hard to comprehend this if you're just an average person and you're not spending a ton of time studying and understanding all these concepts. So again, this information is just critical when people are dabbling in. And I, I hear what you're saying about the younger generation. It seems a little bit easier for them. To, to kind of um, buy into this, where the older generation is a little bit more skeptical. And then when something like this happens, the funny part about it is for the older mm, generation, the Madoff so. thing is just another look of what this looks like, right? It's just another right. scheme. It's just another embezzlement. It's just another huge amount of people losing money. So it just puts a ding in credibility and causes angst in a very unknown sector of financial investment and wellness. So... Again, this information just supremely important for people to kind of get an understanding of where this is all going. And and I'm not a financial advisor, that's worth stating, but when we're talking about high risk assets, it's it's done in the from the context of high risk, high reward. And so younger people can palette more risk because they have a more of an opportunity to claw back when the risk doesn't land in their favor. Yeah, they got time. So 
Yeah, and and so we're, we we hear a lot of people, you know, promote okay, ten percent of your portfolio should be in high risk or crypto or whatever. Um, really, it's it's about what you're comfortable with, what your retirement goals are. But it, it's just like any nascent technology. There is going to be risk. There's risk in biotech investing in early stage companies that just IPO'd or got their funding. There's risk putting your money in Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, there's risk putting your money in Twitter. And these these are mainstay technology companies that have been around forever, 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 as far as investors are concerned, compared to crypto. But it doesn't mean they can't be undone by the next competition, the next data breach, whatever. So sure. I don't see this as, as a mutually exclusive. Crypto has this problem. I think it, it's about being informed and understanding that you have to be okay with risk, but you don't give up on a car just because the engine goes out. You go and find a repairman to fix it. Ben, before we let you go, can you please tell our listeners where they can follow you as you put out this great information? Yeah, um, I'd love to have you guys follow me on Twitter. That's where I get the most interaction. My Twitter handle is at the NFTs, and it's T-H-E-N-F-T, and then E-A-S-E. So um, sometimes that confuses people, so I have to spell it out completely. Um, My website is hal.xyz. However, there's not a ton of information coming out of, on there. But please, follow me on Twitter. You'll see me post regularly about different companies that we're working with, uh, different trending news, and occasionally my really bad hot takes. So hopefully you enjoy. I'm definitely following you. Um, I appreciate you joining us. An absolute pleasure. Another quick break. We'll be right back to close the show. This is The Cambridge Connection. We'll be right back. Interested in learning more about the advancing world of NFTs and crypto? Follow Howl Labs on Twitter at TryHowl. Howl is one of the leading communication and product studios for the blockchain industry. They break news on major crypto trends and provide services for companies developing technologies at the intersection of arts, culture, finance, and entertainment industries. Check them out at Howl.xyz. Welcome back, everyone, to The Cambridge Connection. I'm your host, Gordon Oliver, here with my co-pilot, Tina Marie. Man. What a really good time to have him on, though, huh? It kind of clarifies some things. So crypto is not dead. It's not dead. You know, when I when I read the headlines, I thought, oh, there you go. It's not dead. But yeah. you know what's what's missing? And in, in, this is a conversation we'll have again. Financial advisors, they mm-hmm. have to go through their Series 6 and Series 7's licenses sure. to be able to give advice. Yes. So the, and the the question that's hard to answer is where where do you get your advice and how do you go ahead and take that leap into making an investment in a specific NFT or cryptocurrency? Right. Bitcoin. I mean, obviously, people saw the rise of it. Now they're seeing its struggle. So it's it's just one but of these things. But it's here to stay. It's here to stay. There's yeah. no question about it. And it's going to develop. But the more that we can bring to our listeners to know good, safe haven resources, to be able to teach themselves if they're going to dabble into that and they don't, there's no financial advisor to turn to, um, that's what the show is all about. That's what we're here for, education. All right. On to the quote of the week. If we assume that there are normal or standard income results to be obtained from investing money in securities, then the role of the advisor can be more readily established. He will use his superior training and experience to protect his clients against mistakes and to make sure that they obtain the results to which their money is entitled. 
Benjamin Graham. Special thanks to our producers, Leah and Lisa. Once again, co-pilot, we've proven great experts, great information. That's what the show brings on Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. If you missed any of our shows or you've missed us, you can go where you find your favorite podcasts, or you can go to whmp.com, click podcasts and the Cambridge Connection, and you can see any of the past shows. We want you to be part of the conversation. Email connect at cambridgecredit.org or feel free to call 1-800-CAMBRIDGE.